Now, you want to help them, right? You want to stop their suffering? Through his tears, the man looked at Artyom and whispered with a frightening smile, Of course. Of course. I want to help them. Then you have to help me. They want you to help me. Go to the cart and stand at the lever. You have to help me get to the station. They told you so? The man looked at Artyom disbelievingly. Yes, Artyom replied confidently. And then you'll let me go back to them? I give you my word that if you want to come back to them, then I will send you back, Artyom confirmed. And without giving the man time to think anymore, he pulled him up into the cart. He left the man on the cart, mechanically obeying Xenia, and he and Kirill worked the levers while the unconscious commander laid there on in the middle. Meanwhile, Artyom took the forward position and aimed his machine gun into the darkness and walked forward with quick steps. He was surprised himself that he could hear the cart follow, following him. Artyom felt that he was doing the unacceptable, having, having an unprotected rear. But he understood that now the most important thing was to get out of this terrible place as fast as he could. There were now three, three of them working the levers and the group was moving faster than before. Artyom felt that with some relief that the voice vicious noises or the vicious, vicious noise was getting quieter and his sense of being in danger was diminishing. He shouted at the others, telling them to keep up the pace, and suddenly he heard the sober and surprising voice of Xenia behind him. What are you, the commander now? Artyom signaled to stop, and understood that they had gone past the danger, dangerous zone, and returned to the group and fell to the ground, weakly leaning his back on the cart. The others slowly came to their senses. The man from the back stopped sobbing and was wiping his face with his hands, looking around in perplexity. The commander started to move and rose from a dull groan, complaining of a headache. Half an hour later, was possible to go on. Apart from Artyom, no one remembered anything. You know, 
the heaviness pulled me down so quickly, and my head was so fogged up, and then suddenly I was out. I've, I've had it happen once before from a gas attack in another tunnel far from here, but if it had been gas, then it would have had a different effect on everybody at once without discriminating. You really heard that sound. Yes, this is all strange, the commander was thinking aloud. And Nikita was roaring. So, Nikita, who were you crying about? He asked. He, he asked the rear guard. The devils know. I don't know. That is, I don't remember about. No, I did. That is, I remember about a minute ago. But it's flown out of my head. It was like a dream. As soon as you wake up, you remember everything and the picture is so clear in your mind. But after a few minutes, you regain conscious a little bit. And it's all gone. Empty. Just fragments remain. Well, it's the same now. I remember that I was really, really sorry for someone. But who and why? No clue. And you wanted to stay in the tunnel forever with them. I promised you that if you wanted, I would let you go back, said Artyom, with a sidelong glance at Nikita. So, there you go. I'll let you go back, he added and chuckled. No, thank you, Nikita responded gloomily. I've reconsidered. Okay, guys, that's enough hanging about. There's nothing here in the tunnel to stick around for. Let's get get there first, and then we'll we'll talk about it. We still have to get back home, so so we still have to get back home at some point too. Though, why plan ahead on a day like this? God willing, they just make it to their first, no, God willing, they just make it to their first destination. Let's go, the commander concluded. Listen, Artyom, come and walk with me. You are a hero today, he added. Unexpectedly. Grill took his place behind the guard. Zinya, despite his protest, stayed on the guard with Nikita. And they moved forward. There was a broken pipe there, you say? And your noise was coming from it? You know, Artyom 
Maybe we blockheads are all deaf and didn't hear a thing. You probably have a special sense for that crap. You were lucky on this one, boy, the commander said. Very strange that it came from a pipe. An empty pipe, you say? Who the hell knows what goes through them anymore, he continued, cautiously glancing at the snake-like interlacing pipes along the tunnel walls. There wasn't much further to go before they'd get to Rizkaya, a quarter of an hour later. They could see the light of the patrol fire, and the commander slowed his pace and gave the correct signal with his flashlight. They let them through the cordon quickly, without delay, and the cart rolled into the station. Rescaya was a was in better condition than Alexeevskaya. Sometime, a long time ago, there was a big market above ground at this station. Among those who managed to run to the metro and save themselves were a lot of traders from the market. The people at the station ever since the beginning had been enterprising people. it's approximately, you know, it, its proximity to Prospect Mer, and thereby to the Hansa, and its main trade routes also gave it a certain prosperity. They had electric light, emergency lights, like at VDNKH. Their patrols were dressed in old camouflage, which looked more impressive than the decorated, decorated quilted jackets at Alexeevskaya. Alexeevskaya. The inhabitants led the guests to their tent. Now a swift return home was not likely, since it was unclear what this new danger was in the tunnel and how to deal with it. The administration of the station and the commander of the small group from VDNKH came together for a meeting and the rest of them were given some time off. Artyom retired and over overrode. Artyom retired and overrode, fell face down onto his cot immediately. He didn't want to sleep, but he was out of strength. After a couple of hours, the station promised to have a feast for their guests, 
and judging from the winking whispering of their host, it seemed there would probably be some meat to eat. But now, there was time to lie down and think about nothing. Noise started up beyond the walls of the tent. The feast was being prepared right in the middle of the platform where the main campfire was. Artyom couldn't resist and looked outside. Several people were cleaning the floor and laying out a tarpaulin, and a little further away they were carving up a pig, cutting it into pieces, and sliding them onto the steel wire to stir to to string them over the fire. The walls of the station were unusual, not marble like at VDNKH and Alexivskaya, but lined with yellow and red tile. This combination must have looked pretty cheerful at one time. Now the glazed tile and plastering were covered with a layer of soot and grease. The sum of the old feeling of it was preserved. But the most important thing was that at the other end of the station, half buried in the tunnel, was a real train. Though its windows were blown in and its doors were open. You didn't find trains in every passage or station by any means. Over the last two decades, many of them, especially the ones that had got stuck in the tunnels and were unsuitable for living inside, were gradually pulled apart by people who used the wheels and glass and the outer material of the train to make things at their own stations. Ardian's stepfather told him that at Hansa, one of the passages was cleared of trains so that passenger trolleys could move between point, points easily. Also, according to rumor, they were pushed into the red line in the tunnel that went from VDNK to Prospect Myrrh. There wasn't a, wasn't a wagon left, but that was probably just accidental. Locals were slowly gathering and they sleep sleepy-faced Zinya crawled out of the tent. Half an hour later, the local leadership came out with Artyom's commander and the first pieces of meat were put on the fire. The commander and the station's government were smiling and joking around a lot, seemingly satisfied with the results of their discussions. They brought a bottle of some kind of homemade liquor. There were toasts and everyone 
was very merry. Artyom gnawed on his meat and licked the drippings, dripping hot grease off his hands. Looking at the glowing coals, the heat of which brought on an unexplicable feeling of con- uh, coziness and peace. Was it you that dragged them out of the trap, said the unfamiliar guy who was sitting nearby and had been looking at Artyom for the last several minutes. Who told you that? Artyom replied to his to his question with a question looking at the man. He had a short hair. No, he, he had a short haircut. He was unshaven and under his rough and tough leather you uh, coat you could see a soft vest. Artyom could see nothing suspicious about him. His interlocular looked like a normal trader. The kind that you'd find in Riskaya a dime a dozen. Who? Yeah. It was your brigadier s- said something. He, he nodded at someone sitting a little ways away and talking immediately with the commander's new companions. Well, yeah, it was me, Artyom reluctantly admitted. And even though he'd been planning to make a couple of useful acquaintances at Riskaya, now that he was faced with an unexplained opportunity, he suddenly didn't feel much like it. I'm Bourbon. What's your name? The guy said. Bourbon, Artyom, was surprised. Why is that? Wasn't there a king of that name? No, my boy. There was a kind of drink called bourbon. A fiery spirit, you see. It would put you in a good mood. So, so they say. So, what is your name anyway? The guy still, the guy was still interested to know. Artyom. Listen, Artyom. And when you are going back, Bourbon seemed insistent. And it made Artyom suspicious. I don't know. Now, no one will say when we're going back exactly. If you heard what happened to us, sir, then you should understand why. Artyom answered coolly. Listen, I'm not all that much older than you, so you can speak with me without the formality. Basically, I'm asking you. I have something to propose to you, boy. Not for your whole group, but for you precisely. Me? Well, I 
use. I need to help you. You get it? It won't take long. Artyom didn't get it at, at all. Artyom didn't get it at all. The guy was talking haltingly, and something in the way he pronounced his words made Artyom wince inside. He wanted nothing in the world more than to end this incomprehensible conversation. Listen, boy. Don't you. Don't get tense. Bourbon sensed his feelings of mistrust and sought quickly to disperse them. Nothing dodgy. It's all above board. Well, almost all. Basically, this is it. The day before yesterday, some of your guys went along to Sokharovskaya and well, you know, they went straight along the line and they never got, got there. Only one of them came back and he didn't remember anything. Came running back covered in snot, howling like your brigadier was telling us. The rest didn't come back. Maybe they got out at Sukharovskaya, but maybe they didn't get out at all because no one was, no one has come back, come from Prospect for three days now, and no one wants to go to Prospect either anymore. And well, basically, I think that there's the same crap there as what you had. As I was listening to your brigadier, I just, I got the idea that it might be the same thing. The line is just the same, and the pipes are the same too. Then Bourbon quickly looked over his shoulder to check. Probably that there, probably that no one was listening to him. That crap didn't affect you. He continued quietly. You get it? I'm starting to party and replied uncertainly. Basically, I need to get over there now. I really need to, you see. Really. I don't exactly know what the chances are that I'll lose it. Like our boys did. Probably like all your guys did. Except you. You, Artyom muttered. You want me to take you through the tunnel. To lead you to Sukharovskaya. Yeah, something like that. Bourbon nodded in relief. I don't know if you heard about it or not, but there's a tunnel beyond Sukharovskaya. 
which, like, is even worse than this one, full of crap, and I need to get through that one too, bad shit that ha has happened there to the boys, everything will be fine, I don't worry, I, if you take me, I'll make it worth your while. I'll, I'll need to get, I'll need to get further, of course, to the south, and I have there at Sakharovskaya some people who will dust you off and set you on your road back home, and all the rest of it. Artyom, who had wanted to send bourbon in his proposals to hell, understood suddenly that, he, that this was his chance to get past the southern gates of Raskaya without a fight and without any other problem, and to go further. Bourbon didn't say much about his next moves, but still, said he was going through the accursed tunnel between Sekarovskaya and Turgenevskaya, and that was exactly where him and Artyom needed to get. Turgenevskaya, Trubinaya, Tibetsnoy, Bad, Chekovskaya, and then it was only a stone throw to Arbitskaya. Pokes, pokes. What are you, what are you paying? Artyom decided to add for the sake of acting more. Whatever you want. Correctly. Currency, basically. Bourbon doubtfully looked at Artyom, trying to make out if the guy understood his meaning. I mean, like Kalish Niskav Nikov cartridges. I mean, like Kalish Nikov. No. I mean, like. Kalishnikov cartridges, but if you want, I can get you some food, some spirits, or weed. He winked. I can also get you that. No cartridges, no. Cartridges are fine. Two magazines, and well, enough food to get there and back. I won't negotiate. Artyom named his price as confidently as he could, trying to meet the bourbon's challenge, challenging gaze. You drive a hard bargain, bourbon responded. Okay, two horns for the Kalishnikov and something to eat. Okay, fine. He mumbled apparently to himself. Okay, my boy. So, how are you doing? How are you doing there anyway? You should go and sleep, and I'll come and get.
So they don't arrange a search. So be ready when I come. 